Okay, thank you guys. Thank our praise team. Thank all of you for taking part in worship this morning. If you brought your Bibles, please turn to Joshua chapter 7. Joshua chapter 7, and we want to look at verses 1 through 26. I'm going to be sharing a message this morning I've entitled The Great Cover-Up. The Great Cover-Up. I'm going to be reading the entire chapter, so if you would just remain seated. But remember, we're reading from God's inspired, infallible, inerrant word. So it's God speaking to us right off from the printed page. Joshua chapter 7, the great cover-up. Familiar passage, no doubt. So if you would um, uh, follow along as I read. Joshua 7, verse 1. But the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed things. For Achan, the son of Carmel, the son of Zebdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed things, so that the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth-Avon, on the east side of Bethel, and spoke to them, saying, Go up and spy out the country. So the men went up, and they spied out Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not let all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and attack I. Do not worry, or do not weary, all the people there, for the people of I are few. And so about three thousand men went up there from the people, but they fled from the men of I. And the men of I struck down about thirty-six men, for they chased them from before the gate as far as Shebarim, and they struck them down on the descent, Therefore the hearts of the people melted and became like water. So Israel was going to attack a small city, Ai. And as they did, they ended, Ai ended up putting Israel in retreat and killed 36 Israelis. Verse 6, And then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. And he and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. Joshua said, Alas, Lord God, why have you brought this people over Jordan at all to deliver us in the hand of the Amorites or to destroy us? Oh, that we had been content and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. O oh Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns its back before its enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear it and, and surround us and cut off our name from the earth. Then what will you do for your great name? And so the Lord said to Joshua, Get up, why do you lie thus on your face? Israel has sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them, for they have even taken some of the accursed things and have both stolen and deceived, and they have also put it among their own stuff. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies, because they have become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you anymore unless you destroy the accursed from among you. Get up and sanctify the people and say, Sanctify yourselves for tomorrow, because thus says the Lord God of Israel, There is an accursed thing in your midst. O Israel, you cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. Listen close. 
In the morning, therefore, you shall be brought according to your tribes, and it shall be that the tribe which the Lord takes shall come according to families, and the family which the Lord takes shall come by households, and the household which the Lord takes shall come man by man. And then it shall be that he who is taken with the accursed thing shall be burned with fire, he and all he has, because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord, and because he has done a disgraceful thing in Israel. So Joshua rose up early in the morning, and he brought Israel by their tribes, and the tribe of Judah was taken. And he brought the clan of Judah, and he took the family of Zathrites, and he brought the family of the Zathrites man by man, and Zebdi was taken. He brought the house Hod man by man, and Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zebdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, was taken. Now Joshua said to Achan, My son, I beg you, give glory to the Lord God of Israel, and make confession to him, and tell, tell me now what you have done, and do not hide it from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I've done. When I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver, a wedge of gold, weighing 50 shekels, I, I coveted them, and I took them. And there they are, hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent with a silver under it. And so Joshua sent messengers, and they ran to the tent, and there it was hidden in the tent and the silver under it. And they took them from the midst of the tent, brought them to Joshua and to all the children of Israel, and laid them out before the Lord. Joshua and all of Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, the silver, the garment, the wedge of gold, the sons of daughters, his daughters, his oxen, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, and all that he had, and they brought them to the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why have you troubled us? The Lord will trouble you this day. So all of Israel stoned him with stones, and they were burned with fire after they had stoned them with stones. And they raised over him a great heap of stones, still there to this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Therefore the name of that place has been called the Valley of Achor to this day. Heavenly Father, I thank you for a time that we've had to worship you and now to open your word. I pray the Holy Spirit will teach us today. And Lord, how important it is to confess our sins and not hide anything from you. And also help us to see, Lord, that when we do hide our sin, that it not only affects us, but it affects so many people around us. Lord, I thank you for an opportunity now to share your word. Forgive me of my sins. I pray that you would help us today as we hear this message to apply it to our hearts. Give me the words to say, the right spirit to say them in. May you be honored and glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. The great cover-up. When you think about the sensitivity to sin, you can, it's kind of like a pendulum. At times we're very sensitive to sin. And then at times that pendulum swings back and we're insensitive to sin. It's been that way for years and years and years. There was a time when the people of God would be so convicted of their sin that they would come forward while the preacher was preaching or while the song service was going on and they would come forward during that service and they would kneel and pray and they'd ask God to forgive them of their sins. 
Not interrupting the service, but being a part of that service. Times where entire communities would confess their sins. And then there's times in church history where sin just ran rampant and the people of God didn't seem to care. I think that's where we are today. They think when that happens, that's just normal, that's just natural, that's the way people act right now. And so uh, it's just the way it is, that type of attitude. And I'm afraid that's where we find ourselves today. As evangelical churches today seem to think, hey, that's just the way it is in the world today. So the question is this, are we sensitive to sin or have we become desensitized to sin? Are we sensitive or have we become desensitized to sin? We watch movies, for example, we'll watch movies and God's name is used in vain. It doesn't seem to bother us, it don't make us blush. I was listening to a talk show the other day and this lady was, she was just, I had, to, I had to turn channels because using God's name, profaning God's name, and, and it just doesn't seem to matter today to a lot of people. We've even permitted our young girls to dress in a way which, uh, the way that without biblical modesty, and, and that's considered old-fashioned now, and even older ladies dress that way, and this is just the way it is right now. We gossip. Gossip has become the norm in churches. Pornography has become the secret sin on the internet of a number of males and also females that are in the church. Breaking of marriage vows. The marriage covenant is prevalent in, in the world. It's also prevalent in the church. Is this the way it should be? Of course not. So we need, first of all, we need to see sin from God's perspective. So if you're taking notes, we need to see sin from God's perspective. You see, now, before we understand Joshua chapter 7, we have to look at it in context. And so let me just share a little about what's happened up to this point. Everything was going good with God's people, the Israelites. Chapters 1 of Joshua God said, don't be afraid, Joshua, I'm going to be with you. Chapters 2 and 3, he leads them right up to the promised land. Chapters uh, 2, 3, they fought their first battle there in the promised land. Chapters 4, 5, and 6, they came up against this huge city with these fortified walls, you know, the city of Jericho. And so God told them, hey, march around it seven times, play some music, break, seat, break some clay pots, and uh, shout, and the walls will come tumbling down, and that's exactly what happened. And in that battle, chapter 6 of Joshua, no Israeli died. God didn't use, they didn't lose, the army didn't lose a single person. But we come to chapter 7, and the first word in chapter 7 is a conjunction. And that conjunction is the word but. Now here's the picture. After chapter 6, won the battle, no one died, but chapter 7, but the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed things. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zebdad, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed things, and so the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. And so they partake of, they partake of the cursed things. Now, uh, the you see, the pagans, the problem here, the pagans in the land there, they devoted certain things to their God. 
to their gods. They devoted silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron. And God says, listen, I want my holiness to be made throughout this land, to be proclaimed throughout the land. So take everything that's devoted to a foreign god and devote that to me. And so chapter 6, verse 24, just right across my page, if you would. But they burned the city and all that was in it and with fire, only the silver and gold and the vessels of bronze and iron, and they put into the treasure of the house of the Lord. So they take this and they bring it back to put it in the treasure of the Lord. Verse 11 in chapter 7, look at that. Israel has sinned, and they have also uh, transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them, for they have taken some of the accursed things, and they have both stolen and deceived, and they've also put, put it in with their stuff. So they take God's, what belonged to those foreign gods, or had been given, and they bring it, put it in God's treasure, but at the same time, they kept some. Achan kept some for himself. So Achan thinks this is Real simple. He desired, the Bible says in verse 21, he desired, he saw, he desired, he took, and he thought it was all over with. But that's not how God saw it. If you look in verse 11, look at verse 11 for just a minute in chapter 7. Verse 11 says, Israel has sinned, and they, I put a parenthesis around they, and they have also transgressed my covenant that I commanded them. For they have even taken some of the accursed things and have stolen and they deceived. And they also had put things in their own stuff. And so how did God see it? Israel had sinned. That's how God saw it. One man, Achan, took the things, but God saw it as Israel sinning. They have violated my covenant. They have taken devoted things for me. They have stolen. They have lied. They've put it among their own stuff. So Achan said, all I did was to take some stuff. And God says, no, it's, it's much more than that, Achan. The point is, the original text uses the word also between those, between those verbs. It would read like this. They also have violated my covenant. They also have taken the things. They also have stolen. They also have lied. They also have put things in their own stuff. The point is, to be used of God, to be blessed of God, to understand, to have revival in our own personal life and in the life of our church, we have to understand sin from God's perspective. So regardless, listen, regardless how little you perceive sin, it's real major to God. There's no such thing as a little sin to God. His perspective is sin is sin, and all sin is, is terrible before his eyes. So regardless how little you perceive sin, it's a major thing to God. So you have to have, first of all, God's perception, and then you see the consequence of sin. Notice this. One sin harms the entire family of God. One sin now, how many people took these devoted things? One person, Achan. Achan took, he's the one that took the gold and the silver and the brass and that garment. It was Achan, one person. One sin harms the entire people of God. 
How many people took the devoted things? One man. One man took the gold. One man took the silver, the brass, the iron, the garment. And 36 people lost their lives in that battle because of that one man's sin. So the point is, sin is harmful to God's people. Chapter 7, verse 12. Look at that for just a moment. He says this, Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before the enemies, but turned their backs before the enemies, because they had not, they'd become doomed to destruction. And God says, Neither will I be with you anymore unless you destroy the accursed thing from among you. So the first thing God says, Listen, I'm not going to be with you anymore. How would you feel when you sin that God withdraws his presence from you? That's what happened here. God said, I'll be with you no more. So the presence of God, the victory of God, wouldn't be with his people anymore. And this was, listen, this was the only defeat in seven years that they had as they conquered Canaan, that promised land. And it all happened because of one guy took some things for himself. Not a thousand people took them. And 36 died. And God withdrew his blessing. Not, not a half a million took them. But one person, one person took something, disobeyed God. And because of that, the whole family of Israel suffered because of it. So two truths here. One, sin, is all, sin always affects your family. Chapter 7, verse 1, look at that. The children of Israel committed a trespass against the accursed things. For Achan, here's his family, the son of Carmi, the son of Zebdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah. That sin in Achan's life affected his entire family. Verse 11, look at verse 11. Uh, verse 11 says, uh, uses a pronoun. Israel has sinned and they have transgressed. They have taken some of the accursed things. They have also put it among their own stuff. That pronoun, they broke, they took, they stole, they lied. The whole picture is plural. But one man's the only one that took anything. But the whole family had to suffer for it. So who sinned? Achan sinned. But Israel, the whole community, family, suffered for it. You see, Achan Sin, But in the Old Testament, there's no disconnect between, from a person's sin and the entire family of God. No disconnect. You see, uh, that's, that is, uh, our, our culture says this. Our culture says, well, I've sinned. I'm not hurting anybody but myself. This is my business. No one's business. Who cares what people think? No one's been bothered but by me. But, but me. But in the Old Testament times, there was no disconnect between the person's sin and his family. And so throughout Scripture, 2 Samuel 21, a famine for three years because of Saul's sin. Then David's sin, 2 Samuel 24, a thousand people died because of his sin. And so think of this. God said, I'm not going to be with you. All you one thousand people as long as one man has some silver and gold and and has has a coat buried under his tent i'm not going to be with you you know i'm convinced based on the text that that god would withhold his blessing of the fullness of his presence even in this church because of one person's sin in this room you don't think your sin affects this church you're a member of this church family i believe god has the potential 
to withhold his blessings from this church because of one person's sin in this room. That's his perspective of sin. That's how he sees sin. So think about it. Any one of us hiding something in our life that's not honoring Christ, that's not honoring God, and God would say to this church, I'm not pouring my blessings out on that church because of that one person's sin. Wow. So one sin affects your faith family. And we wonder, you know, we wonder what's wrong with churches today and why some have plateaued and why some have declined and, and our culture ceased, kind of seems to be going further and further and further away from God. And God says, I'll show the fullness of my presence when you start going through your tents and getting rid of some of the stuff that you've hid or tried to hide from me. Go through your tents. He didn't say go through your neighbor's tent, go through the preacher's tent, go through another church member's tent, but your tent. Start uncovering sin under your tent. You say, well, really, it's not a big deal, Brother Sammy. It is a big deal because you could be withholding the blessings of God from this church because of something you're trying to hide from people and trying to hide from God. So the truth is, sin always affects your family. Secondly, sin always affects your physical family. Achan there in verse 1 describes his, uh, it describes his ancestors. In verse 24 and 25, look what happened. Joshua, all Israel, took Achan, the son of Zerah, the silver, the garment, the wedge, the gold, the sons, his daughters, his oxen, his, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, all that he had, brought them to the valley of Achor. Joshua said, Why have you troubled us? The Lord will trouble you this day. So all of Israel stoned him with stones, and they burned them with fire after they'd stoned them with stones. Takes his whole family, takes them outside the city, and there they stone them. There, there they burn them. Joshua 7 is a picture of one man who dragged his whole family into his sin the sin that he was trying to hide and cover and conceal. Drug his whole family in there. And I believe his wife knew something about it. I believe she knew something about it. She saw him burying things in the tent, no doubt. Digging a hole, bringing it all, covering it up. She knew about it, no doubt. So, drags his whole family down with him. I suggest to you this morning that... Uh, that this truth is not only found in Joshua 7, but it's found in a lot of homes today where parents are dragging their children down with their sins. That's a terrible thing. Let me just say, parents, whatever you do, please don't pass your sin down. Pass down your righteousness to your children and not your sin. Your sin is having an effect on your family. You may not think it is, but it is. So fathers, be godly fathers. That's what God intended us to be. Parents, mom and dads, students, just remember your sin affects your whole family. Therefore, for the sake of those in your family, get rid of those devoted things that you have in your tent. Get rid of those. For the sake of your church, get rid of those things that you, those devoted things in your tent. Don't, don't think that one facet of tent uh, one facet of sin really 
If it's a word, if it's unforgiveness, if it's anger, if it's a moment of bitterness, resentfulness, unfaithfulness, don't think that won't affect your church nor your family. It will. So get rid of it. You say, well, Brother Sammy, how do we get rid of it? It's where Christ comes into the picture. I'm just glad we don't have to deal with it like they did with Achan. <laughs> Chris, go get your family. Bring them outside, outside the city. We're going to deal with you because of unconfessed sin, sin you had in your tent, and they stoned them and burned them. I'm glad, Chris, we don't have to do that today because Jesus comes into the picture here. Back then they singled out the sin. They put everyone, everyone was stoned. Everyone that was part of that clan, that tribe, that family. Can you imagine how old Achan felt constantly trying to cover that sin? I mean, every day trying to make sure no one knew what he did. Can you imagine how he felt just trying to cover his sin? We do the same thing if you think about it. We try to cover our sin. Some trying to cover their sin today. They're thinking, if I can just make it through this service, I'll be okay. The Holy Spirit's convicting me that I have sin in my life, and I'm not going to confess it. I'm just like it, just like it is. But I'm, gonna, I'm still try to. I'm still going to try to cover it. I don't have to deal with it. God says you need to stop trying to cover it up. He says I know it's there, and He says let me just cover it for you in the blood of my son, Jesus Christ. That's what he wants to do for you. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so let me encourage you today, for the sake of your family, your physical family, for the sake of your church family, for your sake, confess your sins, get things right with God. So the question is, is this as we close. Are you willing to see your sin today from God's perspective? You see how, how he looks at sin. It's a serious thing. Are you willing to see the consequence of sin if you don't confess it? Are you willing to go to your tent and uncover your sin and confess that to God? Confess and turn your sin over to God, depend on Jesus to go cover your sin with his blood. Would you be willing to do that today? You see, do that, confess that sin, and God will forgive your sin and cleanse you from your sin. You know, uh, here's the whole point. Your sin could possibly be standing between the blessings that God has for us in your family. Your sin could be standing between those. So God wants kindly to rain down blessings upon your family, rain down blessings upon your church, and so your sin is standing between those blessings. And so today you need to come claim with God with your sin, where he can bless your life and bless your family and bless your church. Let's have a prayer together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for just... Uh, Refreshing our memory, no doubt we've read about Achan and how he hid those things under his tent, the silver and the gold and the brass and beautiful garment. And we've studied this for years and years perhaps, but perhaps it's become personal today as you have convicted us of something that we might have in our heart and our life. 
that hinders us from receiving your blessings as, as our personal family, our Father as our church family. And so today I pray, I pray that people would examine their heart and be willing to come clean with you. You know already, Father, what we're trying to hide from you. Help us to be honest with ourselves and say, hey, things are not right in my life. It's not only about me, but it's about my, my wife, my children, my family as a whole. It's about my church family. And God, I just pray that you'll forgive me and cleanse me as I repent and turn from these things. Lord, I claim your promise and your word that if I repent, that you'll forgive me. If I confess my sins, you're faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I pray for every person here today, and I pray for those who've never trusted you as Lord and Savior of their life. And I pray that they would come today and give their life to you, surrender to you, Father, as Lord of their life. And Father, accept that free gift of eternal life that you, that you offer to everyone that would receive it. And Father, I thank you now for our time of invitation. It's not our invitation, it's yours. As you speak to the hearts of people, I pray that they would... Father, that they would hear that still, small voice, feel that tug in their life, knowing that you're, that you're dealing specifically with them. And I pray today would, this would be a, a life-changing decision in their life today. Thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.